Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast that is by, for, and above all, about the system. Here at Love to See It, we love and respect the system. And one thing we would never, ever do is circumvent it. Ever. Ever. We love the system. Unless we made a mistake. And then we would atone for our sins. For the rest of our life, as we should, because nothing is more important than the system. And here to discuss the system and the various violations to it that we witnessed this week in Paradise is Livia Kramer, the VP of Television for Amy and Dan Sherman Palladino's production company. She also used to work with Natasha at HBO, so a little bit of a of a Paradise Insider here. Welcome, Livia. <laughs> Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Honor of a lifetime, guys. I we're mean, so excited. We're so excited. And there is a lot to get into. Uh, so I feel like we should just dive right in. Let's do it. Starting with Lil John giving us a Lil recap of how yes. we got to this point with Ivan. What's going on with Ivan? That guy's such a little snaky bitch bag. And what's about to happen with Aaron? Hey, Ivan, quick word, bro. What's up? Come over here. I support Lil John just like remaining our steadfast, you know, voice of God throughout this journey for seasons to come. 1000%. Highlight of the season for me. And of course, he has to play up Ivan's presence. Ivan is in a pickle right now because we left him on the beach with Aaron in his face being like, why is your lip quivering, bro? It looks pathetic. And what's going to happen? I, I was just like, please, can we move on? No, we're like, still doing this. We're I'm still like, on really, the beach. We have to watch these two like 
do their like macho man, like maybe I'm going to beat the shit out of you thing uh, over Chelsea, an actual human person who like isn't present for this. And like Aaron always seems to be most affronted by the fact that like another man would dare like lie to him or tread on his property, his property being Chelsea. His concern is honor. But it was just a prime example of the code of conduct that we've seen from Aaron from day one. He has his own idea of what the rules are, um, let alone the system. And God forbid anyone tread on his property, his territory, because he'll just unleash in such a toxic way. Exactly. I'm just starting to get a little suspicious of it. I think that people starting, I've been suspicious of Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I started like Claire. You've been like on this train from like episode one when he was like dating Tammy. But like I've questioned myself, okay? I've been like everyone on the beach really seems to feel like Tammy betrayed him in this shocking way. And like maybe they're right. Maybe I didn't really understand what level of commitment they'd made to each other or whatever. But somehow Aaron keeps ending up in situations where he's in theory like coupled up with the woman but then she feels free to explore something else and he's mad at the other guy for some reason so they're still fighting they're on the beach in the, in each other's faces yet yet another moment where we really could have used like a make out make out, make <laughs> out. like that that is a twist i would prefer faces that is should the only be that close together if you're gonna make out exactly like stop teasing us guys stop it i i loved that like becca and marissa were just sitting a few feet away being like what the fuck why are they why are they yelling like this seems stupid like What's the point of this? And they kept reusing the same shot of Natasha with her hands (laughs) on her head and just (laughs) complete and utter what the is wrong with you people. The face of America. What we were all feeling. Yes, exactly. I mean, the, the real problem with this is that everyone in this situation ultimately ends up being in the wrong, like, except Chelsea essentially yes you know aaron confides in james and then you know gets him he's saying worked up he's like i'm gonna have to go down eventually and speak on it um and so he decides- i have an important question because everyone in bachelor nation seems to talk about this idea of speaking on it <laughs> is that english is that a real thing that people say because i have never heard it outside of the context of this franchise of i don't want to speak on it i want to he has to speak on it she needs to speak on it is that i'm genuinely asking is that something that people say it might be like a, a sort of colloquial thing because i i i they all seem to say it very comfortably but to me what it evokes is more like a sort of official setting like where you would be like the lawyer objecting to something and be like, I'm sorry, if I could speak on that for a moment, you know, before we move forward. Yeah, they're like, th- there has been a matter of conflict and I must speak on it so that right. we can all gain clarity and move forward in the pursuit of justice on this beach. It's like if I could make a motion that I have an opportunity to speak on that before I move <laughs> on to the next part of our of our agenda. Thank you. Feels like there's a grab bag of phrases that once one of them starts using it, everyone starts using it and then it becomes a part of bachelor vernacular. <laughs> and all that's on my heart and speaking on it, like everything is Correct. on, they overuse I was going to say yeah, those two phrases on feel like uh, third cousins of each other. Yeah. Like, they really exist in the same circles. I I feel like The Bachelor 
world could be like a great site for an anthropological deep dive into the way that language evolves. interesting pitch emma i like it yeah Uh, i'm just going there i and i think that corporate language is a big part of it too because it's like they're all in this instagram influencer space that's just like a slurry of like wellness speak and like spiritualism and corporate uh inspiration porn it's just a perfect intersection of as you said self-help corporate and like a little dash of evangelicalism Mm -hmm. um it's Mm -hmm. that is the bachelor brand ultimately ivan they like to camp into two groups you know aaron is has his bro james ivan has the guys from his season damar noah riley and this is where ivan really digs himself a ditch because he says look chelsea came up to me And she wanted to talk. What was I supposed to do? She just desperately, desperately wanted me. And I had to oblige. Couldn't be rude to the girl. Yeah. And obviously, it's like, that is not what happened at all. Yeah, it's on camera. Plus, Chelsea, a living human woman (laughs) who is there at the beach, was present for that and might have something to say. Like, why would you? Because Chelsea's not an entity in this. It's amazing how easy it was for him to lie because she wasn't physically present on the beach <laughs> when like, this yeah. conflict he's was like, going down. He's like, I can't down. see her right now. <laughs> he's like, out of sight, out of mind. She will never, she must be so stupid. She'll never bother to contradict me. Like, what? Uh, Ivan, do you yeah. see how fights are litigated on this beach? It like literally comes down to the sentence. It's interesting because some, some of the women were very much on... Ivan's side at first and they thought Aaron was overreacting and then once Chelsea comes down and they sort of explain to her what happened and Natasha's telling the story and she's like well you know I think Aaron just like didn't realize yeah that's a little later though because first Ivan and Aaron have another fight the guys are like let's do this again this time we're all gonna stand in a circle around you and go fight 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 and or no. make out, make out, make yeah. out, make out. That would have been better. Again, that would have been better. That would have been better. Um, no, they're both in their different camps, like insulting each other. Ivan's like, Aaron's a kid. He's emotional. He's acting out like a little girl. I was like, really, Ivan? That's what you're gonna go mm-hmm. with? I really hated that. So, a group of men from the two seasons sort of starts to assemble around Ivan. Thomas, Blake, and James join the crowd, and Aaron says, "What's good, dog?" It did get heated, so I apologize if you thought I was overly angry. I never want to display an emotion that's immature. And Ivan says, look, Chelsea wanted to talk to me. So this is the thing. I think Ivan really wants to have a mic drop in this conversation that he can just be like, you're wrong. You didn't have all the facts. And so he has to have something like a Chelsea pulled me. But unfortunately, he does not have that thing. Yeah, the satisfaction is short lived because that's not a real thing that he has. This is also when we get for, you know, this is not something that we see happen a lot in Bachelor World. So I loved that they did that. We get a couple instances of like rolling the tape where we actually get to see again that like Ivan definitively did pull Chelsea, not the other way around. And that this is something that happens all the time on Bravo. And like, I loved seeing it dropped in here. It's actually very underutilized in this franchise. There is such an opportunity. Yeah. 
we're constantly like, what actually happened? I don't remember. I actually think Aaron's issue is less with Chelsea. I feel like he's fully hanging his hat on this idea that because Ivan said he wasn't going to try to go after anyone's rose, the crime is that he and Chelsea had a one-on-one conversation. And that also shows like the absurdity of the rules of this beach, of the fact that Ivan, who clearly seemed to have a friendship with Chelsea as well, him asking her to go have a conversation is in Aaron's speak, Rose chasing. And that is, I don't think it actually has anything to do with how he does or does not feel about his claim on Chelsea. It is purely the fact that in his mind, Ivan quote unquote lied, which is insane. Well, but that's the thing. Like he, he likes to have a woman that is just going to give him a rose and he doesn't have to like worry about it too much. And like, he felt like he had that because Ivan was really the only guy that he thought might go for her rose. And then Ivan, how convenient Ivan's like, I'm cool. I'm not going to go after anyone. And Aaron's like, Oh my God, I can relax. Like I've locked in agreements with all of the other distributors of male romantic attention. And none, none of them are going after Chelsea. And then it happened anyway. So yeah, it's not about Chelsea. It's that Aaron wanted the peace of mind that he was not going to be competing with anyone for the rose. And he always just like blows it for himself this way. Like when Tammy made out with Thomas and he just immediately freaks out and is like, it's over. He doesn't want to have to compete. No. And ultimately, Chelsea does seem more into Aaron than into Ivan. And the thing that's interesting that Aaron sort of almost accidentally stumbles into is that he hasn't really made an effort to connect with Chelsea previously. He didn't really have a genuine interest in Chelsea. And that is sort of like the actual shitty thing outside of all of the various, you know, crimes that are sort of levied at Ivan. Like that is the thing that I find to actually be questionable behavior or like shitty to another person yeah but aaron he and aaron are just like they're going going after each each other other. it's escalating poor riley gets like brought into it to uh defend ivan yeah riley's actually the only man of honor on this beach i just have to say (laughs) that he's doing his best in an imperfect world he's like i've got to be the upstanding guy i think this happens because Ivan is saying, you know, I I think you need to drop this. Like, you're looking stupid here. And Aaron is like, you said you had no interest in Chelsea. So, like, that upsets me that you then went after her. And Ivan says, well, we had a conversation. She surprised me in many ways. And Riley is like, I have to say something. Like, you said he just developed it all of a sudden as if he didn't just say 10 times that she wanted to talk to him. And Aaron is like, why are you yelling? And Riley says, I'm yelling because I feel like it. What's up, bro? (laughs) I'm not on any of their sides. I did not feel particular sympathy for any of them, to be honest. I was like, you're all behaving badly. And I hate that this, like, is an entire segment of this episode. Like, I just, I hate the whole thing. And I hate it for Chelsea. Fully concur. But it's clear that this second altercation is actually really turn the tide. I think initially a lot of people, the women included, are like, it's not cool of Ivan to go behind Aaron's back. They're supposed to be bros. But after this confrontation, even James is like, listen, man, I didn't know Chelsea asked Ivan to talk. 
And you know, have your back. It is paradise. Sounds kind of like a gray area. Like, this is paradise. And Aaron is like, yeah, I'm just going to leave, I think. He's like, I've lost so much face. I have to leave. Uh, And James is like, no, bro, you're actually my true love here. If you leave, I'm going to have to leave. Uh, This bromance is very, very strong. Yeah, but, you know, eventually he decides to go with it. I The whole, Aaron's whole arc is just, like, trying to decide whether he's lost enough face that he has to leave the beach or if he can recover and become a top dog again. It's like he's constantly <laughs> seeking to be top dog. And, like, Aaron, that's not what this show is about. You can tell that, I mean, because he explicitly says, and I'm jumping ahead a tiny beat he explicitly says that the hardest part about this for him was the fact that everyone turned on him yeah and yeah so his issue ha- has absolutely nothing to do once again kind of the recurring with theme with chelsea it's like oh i got i got bullied which as you've both said is exactly the way that he treats others and he can dish it but he simply cannot take it yeah that's absolutely true at this point this is when chelsea has come back um, as we alluded to earlier, she ultimately talks to some of the girls and they're sort of filling her in. And Natasha is like, yeah, you know, I think something that, uh, like, Aaron just didn't realize that you had pulled Ivan. And Chelsea's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't pull Ivan. He, he explicitly asked to talk to me. And they're all like, oh, the lie has been exposed. Plot but at twist. this point, like, I understand that reaction because the entire fight in this second round has fully hinged on the question of who pulled who. And like, why would, like, if I were them, I would be incredibly shocked because my assumption would be, why would Ivan lie? Chelsea is still there and can easily tell them in like 15 minutes if he lied. I think Chelsea is another person on this beach who has honor. She consistently, the entire episode, has fantastic one-liners in ITMs. She's like, okay, I gotta deal with this bullshit. She goes to the bar, orders a shot from from Wells, and she's like, I don't see Ivan as a fist-fighty kind of person, but I kind of want to get to the whole, to the bottom of the whole, Chelsea pulled me for a chat. I don't fuck with liars. I'm like, yes, Chelsea. Yes. Ultimately, this is when Chelsea does sort of call Ivan out. She she's like, yeah, you know, like what what happened? Um, and he tries to frame it that Aaron came running up to him while he was just letting Damar, who Chelsea had gone on a date with, know that they had talked. Chelsea is like, well, the part I'm confused about is that every single person I've spoken to said that you tell told them that I pulled you. And Ivan's like, what? No, why would I? I would never. I, uh, I would never have said that. I this didn't. is the best part. He doesn't have an immediate reaction. So she says, everyone says that you told them that I pulled you. And he's like frozen for a moment and goes, what's up? <laughs> yeah. like, like asking her to repeat herself because he doesn't have his defense prepared. So she says, it again and then he's like oh oh and then he starts stumbling over his words but that moment of what's up and he sort of like leans in as if he didn't hear her properly the first time which we all know he fully did (laughs) is just 
the per- it's the epitome of the moment where he's being caught in his lie and he does not know what to do. It's like a really over the top example of someone performing man who has been caught by his own lies in like a TV movie. You're like, you can make it a little bit less obvious that he's like stammering, so like he doesn't know what to say. That's Ivan. He's like, oh, no, no, no. See, the thing is, yeah, no, no, you did pull. No, definitely. I did pull you for sure. No, we all. No, 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 no. The thing that I said is that like, no, I think I said Chelsea had an interest in me that I didn't realize, which is not what he said. And it takes him not like even 15 minutes to even get that sentence. Yeah. Out. And he did not at all what he said. No. Not at all. Not and even a little bit. And he should have said that because that would basically be hard to refute. She basically did yes. express interest in him. Chelsea like doesn't fuck around. No. She's no. also in her late 20s. I suspect she has like dated a fair amount also in New York City. And she's just like, yeah, I'm not stupid. Like, it's very clear that you lied here. Yeah, she's like, Ivan is an opportunist. He saw that maybe he could get my rose and he went for it. And now he's trying to do the thing that he does kind of throughout this episode where he is expressing sort of generously to her, like how she should put herself first. And she's like, what are you talking? Like, I do not need permission from you to do yes. that. It's, it's very much his way of positioning himself as like still the good guy. And the irony of the whole thing is that like nothing else that he really did was frustrating to me. And it's like, if just, you just felt like you were watching him pos- put himself in like a worse and worse position as this all played out. Yeah. Yeah, luckily, we are nearing the end of this hellscape. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally. It's time for the rose ceremony. Finally. Wells is like, let's do this. They enter the rose palapa, and dusk has now settled in. But it's time. It's time for these, like, love triangles that we've seen forming to be cleared up because people have to go home, right? Like, Tia is sort of at the center of a little cluster. Chelsea is at the center of a little cluster. And Wells comes in and he's like, wow, everyone looks stressed out. He's like, he has a very somber look on his face. And he's like, I know rose ceremonies are tough, but something has come up. Something happened last night at the hotel. Ivan, can you come with me for a second? Everyone is shocked at this. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from the beaches of paradise. Can you keep up? I like love it. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. 
For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. And down on the beach, Ivan is ready to open to up confess. to Wells. <laughs> Wells is like the mall cop of paradise. <laughs> Or the, he the is camp counselor. The camp counselor. The head counselor. He's like the camp director. Yeah. Or like the director of like a teen Israel trip where someone snuck out of their rooms to drink one beer yeah. or like missed curfew. And he's like, look, Ivan, let's just lay our cards on the table. <laughs> you can tell me. Just let's just be honest. Yes, you will be ejected from this beautiful land of paradise. But just be honest. We we already know what you've done. And Ivan admits 
that there was a woman. Isn't there always? Cherche la femme, as they say, you know. He went to see about a girl, as they say in Goodwill Hunting. He went down the hall. Life makes you do crazy things, guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love or a vague interest in someone whose pictures you like on Instagram can really make you do crazy I mean, things. what else is love in 2021, Claire? It's all there is. Yeah. He's like, I've been in her DMs. I've faved her tweets. I've liked her photos. Yeah. This is intimacy, man. I could, you know, and he has an interest in Alexa, who it took me a minute to remember who she was. He was like, Alexa from Peter's season. Yeah. I Googled I Googled. Her. I Googled as well. And then Same. I was like, oh, Alexa. She's she cute. did seem really fucking cool. She seemed way too cool for Peter. Let's be clear. Yeah. Exactly. She seemed way too good for Peter. And Ivan somehow saw a producer's phone that just happened to have a screen up with all the room assignments. Here's what I'm going to say. We're saying this like Ivan is making shit up. No, I don't know. But I think a producer planted this so that Ivan would do something that would be TV worthy. Oh, interesting. But you're suggesting I that I don't the, trust these producers as far as I can throw They planted them. the bait and he and he, bit. he took it. I think it's uh, he took the bait. I don't trust them either, but I also feel like it's totally plausible that in all of the like fervor of getting people assigned to rooms in order to uh, like evacuate that like they would could have left like a phone or an iPad like on a dresser briefly like i don't i don't know i don't i don't think that that would have been like that weird i'm surprised that they would leave an unlocked phone around a contestant who you know what I mean? Like, they don't have a code on it or anything. No, but I wonder if literally something was just, like, up, like, out on a desk. They turned around or something, and, like, it was up, and they were, like, checking room to room or something. Like, it, it might have had, like, every... I don't know. That's Who true. knows? And the chaos. The thing is, it, it was a, probably a stupid thing for Ivan to do, to then sneak out of his room and go, like, hook up with Alexa, which is obviously what happened. He's like, you know... We spent time on her balcony talking. All night. But Wells treats this, which, again, to go back to our intro about the system, Wells treat the, treats this as though Ivan has done the most, like, morally repugnant thing one can do in this world. He's yeah. like, do you understand the gravity of this. And Ivan's like, yes. <laughs> yes, it was wrong of me. I was wrong. I should not have gone around the system. I made a mistake. It was a giant mistake. I went around the system. You can't go around the system. The system is there to keep you safe and protected. Yeah. Undermining. Oh my it. God. And he's like, you need to, you need to come clean to the group. And Ivan's like, I do. I need to cleanse myself of my sins. Have either of you guys ever been given a lecture like this? Because I have to say, we're talking about what kind of authority figure energy Wells is bringing. Is it like camp counselor or whatever? I've never been given a talking to like this. Like, I think the worst thing I've ever done is be late to school like 17 times in a semester. No, I wouldn't. We did a group like camp trip to Eastern Europe and Israel. Like this was the energy of the of our counselors when they found out that people had gotten 
their um, gotten piercings in the Czech Republic without telling anyone. Yeah. And that was like, a very real they thing. They tried to <laughs> force my friend to take her nose ring out. It was very traumatic. Like I had gotten a piercing, but it was on my ear in like a weird place. So they didn't ever catch me. But it's like I could like feel that anxiety. It was just like you've done a thing that ultimately is like pretty harmless, but it broke the rules of the world in which we are currently existing. And thus you, you must be like made an example in some way. But I can't help but think that, I mean, the, the, the structure of these rules are as pliable. I mean, it's like freaking putty in the producer's hands and think of a scenario in which if Ivan didn't lie about what happened with Chelsea and it did seem to the producers that Ivan was going to actually get Chelsea's rose. I do not think he would have been asked to go home in this way at this rose ceremony. I think they would have enjoyed holding on to Ivan for another episode. They would have had Alexa come down and it all would have come out in that next episode as even more explosive drama. So I think that we're constantly being shown examples of whether it's all about whether the breaking of the rules or the circumventing of the system works in the producer's favor or not. And they are going to make their decisions of who they have to hold accountable based on how much drama they can squeeze out of the stone. Right. It's, It's all about timing. It's all about timing. Like at what point can this information be used in a way that furthers a narrative? At what point has someone become an ancillary character and thus like, we can deploy this information now and the punishment now because he's not going to be there anyway. Correct. I think that's like a very astute observation, Liv. Yeah. Very good uh, producer hat there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Ivan returns and is like, okay, guys, there's some things I need to share with you. I need to come clean. And he said, Alexa from Peter's season is the one person I've wanted to meet since the beginning. I saw where she was in the hotel and I met her last night. And he's like, I'm sorry to all of you. I went around the system last night to meet Alexa. I wanted to see if there was a connection. I really appreciate all of you who have been open to me and had my back here. I'm sorry I let you down. And Chelsea, I'm especially sorry to you. And then he fucks it up further with Chelsea. Like, he should have really left it at, like, I am sorry, Chelsea. I fucked with you. I am sorry. Instead, he's like, not that I was going to get your rose, Chelsea. But if I was, I was going to magnanimously decline because my headspace just isn't right. I was like, dude, that's a fucking lie. Yeah. She's like, the audacity of this bitch in neon. She's like, how dare he? Also, Chelsea was like, I was never going to give you the rose. What? Yeah. But it's the the equivalent of being like, oh, uh, you can't fire me. I quit. Or I was going to break up with you first. I mean, it's. The amount of saving face attempts that are going on here is (laughs) it's just really sad. So this is where we also see a little bit of, you know, friends holding other friends accountable. I think we have a clip of Riley's parting conversation. Oh, man, you know, you know, I got mad love for you. We are supposed to be better, man. Come on, man. Me, you, Noah, we are supposed to be better. We are better than that, man. We are better men. Right? I made a bad decision. Yo. As a, as a man, bro, I'm, I'm your brother. Yeah. I'm always up to you, all right? Yeah. I'm a little disappointed. I am. I got to yeah. be real with you. Yeah. I am. I'm disappointed in myself right now. Yeah. I really am. I made a bad decision. We are better. 
Easy. Uh, wish you the best, bro. Oh, you know what? I just I love to see uh, some nice male friendship. Yeah, I honestly like this is going to really expose me, but this is just like something that I've never <laughs> experienced. Like the idea of having I think like a friendship that is very like intimate and strong enough that you can really mm-hmm. be like, Listen, I'm disappointed in you. That doesn't like take away from my love for you. We're not not friends anymore. Um, I'm just letting you know that like I expect more. Like I don't think I've ever had a conversation like that. And it was beautiful. I really aspire to that now. I agree. I thought it was so beautiful. And I think that it it does like speak to their closeness and their intimacy that Riley was able to be like, hey man, I love you. I'm sad to see you go. I'm also like disappointed that you just did this stupid thing and got yourself kicked off like we're like I I wish you would have acted better but I'm here for you still and I think that that's like a really compassionate way to hold a friend accountable and look it's a great model for all of us yeah I mean everything about this interaction and then the way that Riley expressed himself in the ITM that followed just said so much about his character because you see not only how he's um very compassionately, but also strongly supporting Ivan and simultaneously holding him accountable. But then how upset he is on his own when he's talking to producers and you see him like tearing up and getting genuinely upset because of how disappointed he is in the fact he's like, we talked about this. We were, we were, we're better than this. And he's, he's so worked up about it because he, he clearly takes such pride in who his friends are and their morals and how they hold and carry themselves and how they act. And it was to him, the biggest crime was, you know, not who pulled who or, but rather like, are we carrying ourselves with honor and respect and appreciation for one another and the rules. And that was the greatest kind of betrayal in Riley's eyes. And it says so much about him. And I think especially because Riley had ultimately gotten involved in a fight completely unnecessarily in order to defend Ivan. And like, he, he is a loyal friend. He sticks his neck out as he says for his friends. And like, ultimately he ended up getting really angry and kind of in Aaron's face. And like, that was not a thing he would have done had he, understood the actual truth of the situation but on that note ivan says his farewells and he is off and poor alexa will of course never get to join us on the beach yeah poor alexa had her whole role off screen i would have liked to see her i would have liked to see her meet ivan i wish they'd brought her down before to be honest me too although i'm super disappointed as well in how ivan carried himself this episode and fucking with chelsea very disappointing lying about it very disappointing don't really care about the sneaking out thing that i don't yeah, care about cares? that at all but like other people on the show care so that's disappointing too but i still would have liked to see this play out a little differently for ivan and i think you know he talks a little bit me too at the beginning of this uh confession about how lost he felt in paradise and how he'd had a couple relationships but they didn't end well and 
he was feeling like alone and without connections. I would have I would have liked for him to have the option to meet Alexa earlier in the process. I agree. I think it would have been sweet. Something else that I thought was interesting that he said when he was leaving was that like he he sort of spoke to the fact that he w- had felt a lot of pressure and felt like yes. a lot of people and I assumed he meant in part like the viewing public that a lot of people were very invested in seeing him find love. And I wondered if he felt like because he had been this sort of like sympathetic fan favorite on Clacia's season, if people like really expected him to have some grand romantic story. And if he had sort of like taken that pressure on board and been like, I have to find this here or else like I am a public disappointment. Totally. I mean, I think, Obviously, it's a very different set of circumstances, but to me, it's not all that dissimilar to what we saw from Blake Horseman. I mm. think that there's something about the narrative of the guy who was top two or three, beloved by the audience, front runner, front runner on their season of The Bachelorette, um, them going down to paradise as opposed to becoming the next Bachelor. And I think it's a total role reversal for them and it totally messes with their head. And I think that we're seeing, and honestly, in a weird way, you could put Brendan in the same category. It's like they, I think they have a hard time switching characters and like they learned how to play the game or do the thing in one environment and they have this hard time kind of code switching here. That's such a point you really see how it takes its toll on their quote-unquote performance on the beach as opposed to when they were on their season. That's really true. I think that we see a lot of the the guys who break out, even to a greater degree than the women who break out on Paradise, tend to be people who are middle-of-the-pack guys or even early season, that they don't have all that baggage. And you see guys like Ivan and Brendan coming in pretty cocky, like... People wanted me to be bachelor. So they, they're sure they're going to succeed. They're either too cocky or things don't break their way in one or two ways or both. And then they get this, yeah, this anxiety that's like performance anxiety. Like I signed a huge contract and now I'm not hitting homers anymore, you know? And it's yeah, like, I think that's such a good that. point. That's really, that's really so true. I feel like we've seen it happen in past seasons too, but definitely with those two, it's totally. that's just a lot to carry. And it was, both interesting and really sad to see his arc kind of end this way. Very disappointing. I hate seeing my fan fave dudes get get too cocky and act like assholes. To other even to women. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. So ultimately, we get the roses. Serena gives her rose to Joe, Abigail to Noah, Marissa to Riley, Mari to Kenny, Becca to Thomas, Chelsea to Aaron, Natasha to Ed. Sorry, Doctor Joe, and. Tia to James instead of Taddy Daddy. So Damar Blake and Dr. Joe are going home. It makes sense. Yeah. It's hard when you come in late. The injustice of Dr. Joe not being brought on earlier. Cause it's also imagine a day one beach where Dr. Joe and Brendan were both there. I know. Dr. Joe and Natasha could have like Brendan would have had to pick a different target. Dr. Joe and Natasha clearly had such a good spark. At least the way that it was painted for us the week that they had their date. And like they're both from New York. Like it would have been so good. And it's so upsetting to me that that got completely cheated. 
Yeah. Always by this point of season, I'm just like, this person should have been original cast and that person should have been original cast. <laughs> Make them all original They should cast, all be original okay? cast, but definitely Dr. Joe. Maybe he could only get away for a week. That's true. He does. He does have an important job. So uh, the next morning, everyone is just chilling, relaxed when Wells rolls up and is like, hey, your new host is down the beach, your new celebrity host. Do you want to go meet them? And they all head down to the beach. Surprise! Wells is in a different shirt. The host shirt. Good one, Wells. He's their Good new host. One. Everyone Good applauds. Uh, Wells gives a little speech. And he's like, Bachelor in Paradise is sacred to me. Sacred. There's the system and it is sacred. sacred he's really system. hammering that home uh, for his week as host. And he's like, guys, it's time to start talking about taking your relationships out into the real world. But first, more women are coming in at the 11th hour in order to just be, like, brutally disappointed and embarrassed. Yeah, these poor women. Emma brought this up, she and I, I looked into it, that it feels like the women are always the last to be brought in. So, yeah. Something going on there. So my feeling was apparently supported by data. Thank you, Claire, for yes, looking into that. you're welcome. And this has made the mood quite grim. Everyone is feeling pretty somber about the possibility of romantically committing. And Mari finds that Kenny has become distant. He's pulling away. He's standing by the bar, apparently waiting for some chicken nuggets instead of caressing her inner thigh, as he's usually doing at this hour of the morning. And she's really scared. So Mari sits with Kenny and she's like, hey, you've been distant. What's up? And Kenny says, you know, the last couple of nights I've gotten a weird feeling. I feel like you're backing off and I feel like you're still not sure. We just haven't seen that much of these two. So I was frankly like confused about what was going on. Yeah. Same. He says initially things were passionate and now that's not there anymore. Also, I was like, dear Lord, do not let these people get engaged. I'm like, you, you've been dating for two weeks and you're saying like, the passion has already dissipated. I'm like, that is a red flag. This guy clearly has never been in a relationship of longer than two days. Like, he's like, <laughs> we we spend increasingly more and more time together that isn't actively having sex. And I don't really understand what that time is or what it's for. And sure, it doesn't seem like relationship material to me. And Mari doesn't really respond to him. We don't really see her say anything to him in this conversation. It seemed like, yeah, they chopped this up very oddly because she was just like, yeah, okay. I'm like, you would think she would have said something in response to that. And then they just like leave it. They're like, okay, moving on. Next scene. It Like it was edited so oddly. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tia is wondering whether things might progress with James. She's like, we didn't have an immediate connection, but, you know, we're still here, I guess, in the situation. If if nothing is done to stop it, like a mold, it could simply continue to to grow and just become something more serious through just proximity. And anyway, hope he's open to that. <laughs> wow, Tia, you make like, it Tia, sound so promising. <laughs> I think you're going to have much better luck off of this speech. That's not an auspicious start to a relationship, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, it's never good when you've already actively said that he has no impact on making your vagina dance. And yeah. once that's out there in the world, I I think it's hard to come back from that. I also yeah. feel like the bar for a long-term relationship cannot be... He put effort in one time. 
when he wanted a rose. That's the thing. Like, I feel like Tia makes bad decisions. And I understand that she doesn't want to end up with another guy who doesn't make an effort. And maybe Blake really wasn't making an effort. Again, another situation where it was sort of hard for us to tell. Um, But... She was at least into him. At least she was into him. And it did seem like he was actually into her. And with James, it was just so obvious that he was trying to get someone's rose. And he was doing the little things that you do to get a rose, where you set up a little diorama on a couch. And you're like, look at what I did for you. Um, You're just doing like a little talent portion of your display to get a rose. That's not like a genuine connection. At least when you were making out with Blake, you were both having fun. So that's more to build on than whatever was going on with James. Of course, as soon as Tia says, like, I hope James is open to still exploring things with me. Enter. A little blonde (laughs) in the form of Anna, the woman from Matt James's season who called Brittany an escort comes down. She's ready for her redemption. She brought her pheromones. Yeah, it was just perfume, right? It looked like perfume and a little rollerball applicator. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It looked, I don't know, it looked like something that, like, you bought from, like, Wet and Wild line at CVS before summer camp, which is (laughs) essentially what she was doing. I wish they sold pheromones at CVS. It would have been really (laughs) helpful for my dating life. Uh, Yeah, she comes in looking very cute in her little green bikini sarong set. And she glosses a little bit over the escort thing by saying that she's known for not being nice. She's like, just that, I I wasn't very nice, but but the faces, let's focus on the faces. Yeah, she made some funny faces, but she's done a lot of work on herself in therapy and... I support that. She's working through those things. And so she's she's ready to just pull some of these dudes, most of whom are in relationships. So we know that it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal to come in this late. She has like the fresh faced, you know, hopefulness as she walks down the stairs. And everyone you else You can tell she was recently in air conditioning. Exactly. Everyone else is just sitting there, like hardened by the the labor of being in paradise by like the sweat their expressions are hard and their skin is wet exactly the sweat that has been like caked on layer after layer over the course of weeks and they're like oh oh, this this girl is here okay yeah here we go so she you know she pulls kenny because they're both from chicago and he's like uh i'm with mari she pulls thomas and he's like uh i'm with becca she's like shucks oh Darn, that one didn't work out. And finally, she pulls James. He is somewhat available. And she uh, she sits down with James and he's like, yeah, it's cool. I'm open. I'm here. And she's like, great, let's go on a date. And uh, I have to say, as rough as Anna had it, she did not have it as rough as the next girl to come down because at this point the only super available guy is leaving the beach poor mckenna i really did feel for her i i felt horrible i also did find it relatable when tia who's like had a pretty like chill positive energy this entire time despite not being in any sort of serious relationship it's like finally starting to wear on her she's like i'm i'm happy for all the relationships but like I would like that, too. Like, all my friends are coupled up. And I was like, you know what? Having been the person who felt that way, like, they were just surrounded by couples all the time, I was like, that is 
That's relatable. Super relatable. Who among us is not at some point in our life? I remember when they go to prom. Oh my God, that was so triggering for me. I have, I went to prom once with a group of like 13 people and you're saying, oh, Claire, that's an odd number. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Guess it was number 13. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't great. Um, so she is struggling, struggling through the time that James is on this date because she knows that they're not really locked down, but she was, she's hopeful that, that he's gonna keep reinvesting that effort back into her. And James is like reading the tea leaves. He's like, she used the opportunity of giving me a rose to make a dig at Blake. Like she literally was like, your effort does not go unnoticed as she gave him the rose. He's like, none of this is really about me and Tia. I'm going to maybe see how things are with Anna and take that a little bit more seriously. Meanwhile, Abigail has a little check-in with Wells, our host slash bartender. Wells says, you and Noah, you're one of the most solid couples. It must be nice to have a guy only here for you. And she reveals in an in the moment that her experience is different from what everyone else thinks because she and Noah aren't as locked in as people think they are. They're so wingers no they haven't said that they're falling in love with each other yet yeah it seems like she is perceptive given what we see later and that maybe they were sort of just like placidly floating down the lazy river uh without really really planning how how they were going to jump off in the future yeah and wells is trying to help he's like look i i feel like you're both holding back and I think Noah's into you and you really haven't affirmed him which does seem to be true from what we've seen that like he's the one kind of making the overtures and she is the one who from day one has been like slow and reticent which she said up front and she's like okay so you think like I'm the one holding this back and he's like yeah I think I think you need you're gonna like miss on miss out on real happiness potentially if you hold yourself back I think Wells was so spot on with what he was trying to get across to her there. And it really does track with the narrative that we've seen with Abigail and Noah from day one. It's like very, their first hiccup that at least we saw was the fact that he felt like he was being effusive, expressive, showing care and interest in her. And she was the one who was sort of friend zoning him and holding back. And she even, didn't she say on their first date that she does this? Yeah, she she basically said that this is a an issue she has. Yeah, and not that only she, that, she basically was like, "I don't want to move faster than taking eight months before I have a boyfriend. I just talk to a guy for eight months before I make that decision." Right. So she was already expressing, like, I'm not comfortable moving at the pace that Paradise is kind of set up to move at. And you could see Noah being like, wait, so what are we going to do? Like, what's the (laughs) what's the plan? (laughs) I mean, obviously, we haven't seen a lot of them, as you guys have talked about in previous episodes. It's like we get snippets here and there. And that always happens with the couples that there isn't a lot of conflict happening. They just fade into the background because they're deemed not television worthy but it does feel like noah has been patient with her and has been trying to meet her on her level as much as he can and it just sort of feels like i mean again as we'll see later on in the episode it just kind of finally all catches up to him but i do think that wells is really like the look on wells's face here when he's giving her this advice it feels like he's really trying 
to help her help herself. I agree. I feel like he maybe sees the writing on the wall and he's like, you're going to have to put some effort in. And unfortunately, it sort of feels like just it was it, it was all a little too late. Yeah, to me, it came across as if Noah had said something to Wells. Yeah. And Wells was doing that thing where, like, they're the, he's the friend who's, like, not supposed to get in the middle, but is inserting himself to try to fix everything and make everyone happy. Yeah. Um, it felt like he had insider knowledge. Right. That's a little foreshadowing. And then we go immediately uh, off to James and Anna's date, where they are going to be making human churros. Yes. And then they're going to eat them. This show cannot stop mixing random foods, baking ingredients, condiments with like sexuality. It's just they're they're like really on that train. Yeah, but this is more more of a lighthearted, slightly less sexual (laughs) rob through a box of cinnamon sugar. You know, just rolling in the cinnamon sugar and pouring chocolate sauce on each other like you do i was just thinking about i'm like cinnamon sugar sort of has like the consistency of sand i was like that would really get in your bathing suit yeah this was clearly a a one-time use bathing (laughs) suit they both change into sort of matching white bathing suits provided by the spa and then they change out of them in the next scene so they're not going to at least be uh, rubbing That's true. sugar against their bikini areas for it for the rest of the episode. And I appreciated Anna's attitude about this. She's like, you can always get a massage. You can't always become a live human churro. It's true. This is how I feel about the the um, quote unquote bad fantasy suite dates on The Bachelor, too. It's like, oh, you're going to sleep in a windmill on your next vacation? No, you might sleep in a nice hotel room. But this is your chance to sleep in a windmill right now. Embrace it, you know? And she's embracing this human churro experience. And then a snake massage experience? This was so weird. They were like, the human churro is not giving us enough of what we need. What if we just, like, throw a snake into the mix? Just have a giant snake slithering all over them. I just wish there was some connection between the two. Right. It was was so random. It made no sense. There was no... they didn't even try. They did and not. And no even one try. made a Britney Spears joke about the snakes. Like there was no reference to "I'm a slave for you," <laughs> which is upsetting in and of itself. It was like waiting right there. And yeah, there was something. Um, I'm gonna say the theme was penis-shaped things, churros, snakes. <laughs> I'm trying to tie it all together for them. They didn't do it. They didn't give us Brittany. They didn't give us a theme. So Claire will give us one, and the theme is phallus. The theme is phalluses. <laughs> and then they go from the snakes to the hot tub. Finally. Finally, we get we get a, a staple of this franchise. Champagne yes. and a hot tub. We get a hot tub. This is what we deserve. This is where James reveals that he was born in London, lived in Tokyo, and moved to San Diego. And like... Claire noted in our notes, which is true, that they made a whole thing about how he was from New York yes. City. I'm like, one what? episode okay, ago. Okay, so, so when, when was he in New York City? I also just want to say, and I'm not going to reveal any names, but I know for a fact, because I have a friend who went to high school with him. He went to high school in like Rye, New York. He went that is not to New high York school City. up 
up out of the city in like Westchester County area, generally speaking, Rockland County, like that area of the world. I think when he said last week he was quote unquote from Manhattan, like maybe he spent a couple of years there after college or something. But yeah, we're definitely, I definitely am getting a, I lived there for a few years sort of vibe correct. now. It does yeah. not track yeah. at all. Which is fine. Like, that's sort of my situation, no judgment, but I don't go around being like, this is the vibrant cityscape of my hometown, Manhattan, you know, just I'm honest. And Anna says she's from a small town uh, where she was captain of the cheerleading squad. I was like, okay, Anna, humble brag. <laughs> like, this is a weird flex and had nothing to do. I actually felt like there was some self-awareness in that statement. Like, I think she was sort of acknowledging the absolute cliche of the small town environment and being like the captain of the, like, to me, it felt like she was sort of owning that narrative. She was like, this is the character that I am. And I know that. And if you looked at her and you had to guess what archetype she fit into in high school, it would be captain of the cheerleading team. I'm sorry. I just, I think it's my own, like, biases i was just like Ugh, this doesn't endear you to me that is true no well i think that it's also hard to undermine the stereotypes about you know cheerleading squad that someone like you or i emma might have when you were last seen on tv accusing another woman of being an escort <laughs> right yeah yeah exactly i was like anna this isn't the redemption arc you think it is but, but that whatever. also just that also just fits, though. The head, like, isn't the captain of the cheerleading squad usually like kind of mean? Well, exactly. And exactly. Like, it all just fits together. It's reinforcing our uh, our preconceptions about both cheerleaders and Anna. Correct. Though I, I personally, I strive to be more open minded to cheerleaders. It's not their fault that they're always portrayed so fault. badly in in movies. It's true. About high it's school. true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my it's my own biases. <laughs> I need to check them. Check them at the door, Emma. I apologize. But Anna and James seem into each other. Yeah. I'm like, finally, someone is genuinely attracted to James. And I I do like that for him. Yeah. Same. Here's the thing about James. Have you guys seen the photo he posted on Instagram where he was like, stop Much telling better. me. He's like, stop Much talking better. to me about my hair gel. I need to do it or else my hair looks like this. And it's a picture of him with incredible hair. I know. I was like, James... <laughs> You don't look like a terrible douchebag Wall Street banker when you have your hair not yeah. gelled back into a oblivion. A prohibition era gangster. That's, oh, yeah. God. He's like, God, I have to use the gel or otherwise my hair would just be too vibrant. Beautiful. And springy. <laughs> and he could really use a makeover and he would look, he would come across as a totally different individual. Yeah. The interesting thing about James is that I know a lot of people really like his style that he is going for. Um, and I feel like I might like it if I didn't feel like it didn't fit him. Like whenever he's wearing like yes. the really retro suit and this hair, I'm like the technology did not exist for a man to have that like muscle bound silhouette when Correct. this style existed. <laughs> like it's just so doesn't make sense to me that he has this style. Again, my bias creeping in. He should have whatever style he wants, but it just doesn't it doesn't mesh for me anyway. On a tangent about James's hair as usual, let's talk about McKenna, who is finally entering paradise. 
and she is excited to finally be here. She's like, they've just been keeping her in a hotel, I guess, for weeks, like thinking about That's what they do. The time that Thomas smiled at her as he reached for the the glass of vodka soda on the bar. And she's like, I'm ready to meet some of these guys. Wink. And of course, they all reject her. Just like a oh, brutal, brutal one after another situation. It really, I, I was thinking so much. I was like, if I was going to go on the show, I would straight up tell them, if you are planning to bring me in after week three, like after the third rose ceremony, I, I will not be signing a contract. I will not be coming. Like I would get that written into my contract. Yeah. Because this doesn't do anything for your brand. It just makes you kind of look stupid and pitiable and you don't gain any cred with the other people. Like it was, yeah. I don't know. You're I the felt interloper. I d- Yeah, I just felt bad for her. But yeah, see, the thing is, everyone does it pretty much the way they should, I think, which is like a pretty gentle rejection. It's not like, no, I won't go on the date. It's like, I'm with Becca. I'm with Marissa. I'm with Natasha. We're pretty locked in. Thomas was like very sweet to both McKenna and Anna, like both very encouraging. Yeah. They're all just like straight to the point. I appreciate your honesty. And then she pulls Aaron, who does not say anything like that. Here's what Aaron says. No! I couldn't even really get this in quite verbatim. But he says something like, yeah, it's been crazy here. A lot been going on, up and down. We're getting near the end, obviously. But like, yeah, something could definitely work for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And then she's like, you have a great smile. And he's like, you have a great smile. And... If he said, I'm not available for a date, we don't see it. McKenna is definitely like, I can work with this. Aaron's hot. He's available. Like, yeah, let's do it. Every other guy managed to say, I'm with someone. And Aaron has decided in this moment when a woman has come down looking for a date and every guy's coupled off to be like, yeah, I'm kind of available. Sure. And then he's not prepared to say yes to the date. But he doesn't even make that clear his initial reaction when she asked him on the date is yeah let's chat real quick which like do you understand what a yeah means immediately after someone says do you want to go on this date like it was just very odd everyone else around him seemed deeply confused and so he sits mckenna down and was like look i've had a hard week i like talking to you i like getting to know you but i can't emotionally put myself out there and be there for you so it wouldn't be fair for me to take that from you and someone else who else and she's like who she's like there's no one now i'm extremely embarrassed and he leaves her and she's left on the beach to just like cry it also just sets the table for even more hypocrisy from aaron within the next i don't know yeah half an hour of the episode (laughs) correct yeah absolutely correct not a great showing from our boy aaron this week so everyone is like watching from high up, seeing McKenna cry on the beach. And Aaron comes back and is like, look, I just told her I'd just be wasting other people's time. Like, this isn't something I want to pursue. And she's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I think she she took it pretty well. And then they're, everyone's like, uh, she's literally crying. You literally left her like sobbing on the beach. What are you talking about, bro? Yeah. And of course, this means Ed, who previously had seemed pretty locked in on Natasha. In fact, we saw him tell McKenna he was with Natasha, so he wasn't open to dates. Oh, there's a woman 15 years younger than me. Crying? Who, somewhere? Crying? I'm, I must save her. 
And so he goes down and like cheers her up and is like, look, I like talking to you. I'll go on the date with you. Let's go. Don't be crying. And like, it was a very sweet gesture, but it ultimately was at the expense of Natasha, who's like, God damn it. Has Natasha not experienced enough? Like everyone is watching and like applauding and being like, yes, go Ed, get this date. And Natasha's like, I'm literally right here. Like, wh- I still exist. Why is it worse for <sighs> McKenna to just go home right now? Which is what she says she wants to do to Ed. She's like, I'm just going to go home. Right. I-, I feel weird being here. Why does he have to convince her to stay? Right. McKenna wasn't even that into him. It was just, I don't know. It made me really sad. And it was this weird thing where, like, I did feel genuine empathy for McKenna. That would be so embarrassing. You know you're being filmed. It feels like a a series of rejections. Like, I would be crying, too. But it sets up this very fucked up and, like, uncomfortably familiar dynamic where, like, a white woman is crying and fragile and needs... And everyone is like, well, she needs to be comforted. And then a Black woman who has sort of been coded as, like, the strong one who can handle any of this gets left in the dust. And no one is there to affirm her and to comfort her. Yeah. And I just, I really hated watching this. And it made me feel incredibly, incredibly icky. Yeah. Natasha's watching all this go down, looking pretty displeased. And Serena says, oh, they're going on a date. I think that'll be really nice. And Natasha says, how nice was it, Serena? How nice was it? Like, she's pissed. She's like, no one is remembering that I'm here and I have feelings. Me too. I was like, come on, Serena. Like, she's right in front of you. I also can't help but wonder if there's some... Because I also think we saw some stuff, you know, a couple episodes back. Clearly, Serena was being very supportive of Brendan. Serena and Piper are very close friends, as was was made very clear. So I, I just feel like Serena has not done a particularly good job showing any sort of empathy or support for what Natasha has been through. Um, and I think Natasha is sort of sick of it, but it's also really challenging because Natasha and Joe are really good friends because they co-host yep. a podcast yeah. together. So like the dynamic there and also like it's the age lost. difference between Serena and Natasha. Oh, like when you have like a good guy friend and he gets really, he gets really swept up with his new girlfriend who's like 10 years younger than than you and even more years younger than him and she's not someone that you can get on a good wavelength with like that's not a good feeling it is a really really crappy feeling the the only one who who ultimately shows concern for natasha is riley who does sit down next to her and he's like how are you doing what's the deal and she's like oh you know ed going to save chicks Ed going to save tears. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Like you can just feel her frustration and you can feel her awareness of this dynamic and you can feel her restraint because she doesn't want to go there. And like, I just was like, fuck. And when we say like, oh, we feel empathy for McKenna. Of course we do. McKenna isn't even present for any of this. Like McKenna barely knows the situation at all no she has like, no idea Mc- what's going this on McKenna's, this is this isn't a manipulation by mckenna this isn't something she did no this is ed this is ed this is ed. ed wanted to be mr hero to a 24 year old 
McKenna literally was like, Ed, no, I I do not want to go on a date with you. She's and like, he, I'd like, rather leave. And he's like, Please. Yeah, I'd rather leave. And he was like begging her over and over and over and over again. Finally, she's like, Okay. And like, what scenario is he creating now? Now he has this connection with Natasha and a woman that he has begged to stay. Is he gonna reject her now? Like after going on a date with her? Like now there's no way for him to not reject someone kind of cruelly i think fortunately natasha will do them a favor and get too sick to go to prom so thank you natasha for sacrificing your happiness yet again poor natasha yeah we're going to take a short break but we'll be right back with more from our guest Liv and the beaches of paradise can you keep up i like Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
And we're back. Meanwhile, Joe and Serena are set are ready to have a serious conversation. They're like, we're the only ones trying to make a plan. Look at all these suckers just hanging out, having fun on the beach. We're the ones trying to make a plan. We live in different countries. We have to have a plan. I think we have actually a clip of them outlining their very detailed plan. I think we're literally the only people here being like, so what's the plan? Well, yeah. Having, you know, the talk of, of how you want to tackle this after is, is very important. Or you're going to end up breaking up. Like, if you get engaged, it's like, okay, like, what's your plan to spend the rest of your life together? And for us, it's like, we want to make it work. So... We have to figure out how we're going to do that. It's not just going to happen. No. Especially when we live in different countries. No, we're going to have to go back and forth a little bit at the beginning and, and figure it out. Yeah, we'll make it work. I think so. I have faith in us. I do too. I think we'll make it work because we, we want to make We genuinely want to yeah. make it work. We have a solid plan. That's why we work. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes, guys. They want to make it work. They want to make it work. What are borders? And that is a solid plan. (laughs) This is the same plan he had with Kendall, which just like spectacularly continues to explode in his face. So I am not sure which part of this seems super solid to him. Like, have they talked about the fact that Joe said his like number one priority was that he must immediately settle down and have children and raise them in Chicago? Like he is now dating a 23-year-old non-U.S. citizen. (laughs) Like, look, I just traveled to Canada. It it was stressful, even for three days. It involved many COVID tests on either side. It involved being hassled by border security. Like, I don't think Joe or Serena are really understanding what it means to that they live in different countries. What if he just packs her into his suitcase and takes her home to Chicago and never lets her leave? Look, she would be smothered, but she would also fit in the suitcase. Yeah, I was going to say, she would definitely fit in my average size (laughs) suitcase that I I travel with. She'd fit in my tote bag, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she's so teeny. Um, I'm not convinced that they have a solid plan, but I am convinced that They feel really proud of themselves, and that's what matters. Congrats, guys. I get the feeling that they feel some kind of superiority at their, like, how settled they are in each other. And it is starting to grate on me. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're adorable, but it's starting to grate on me. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, our love is the best love. Oh, everyone else has problems. We're amazing. And I'm like, okay, don't, don't say the quiet part out loud. It's just let us, let us see that like I don't want to hear you say it I don't mind it as much coming from Joe just because he does have the experience he's been through it before he is older so like he's lived it a little bit but Serena seems really really proud of herself for kind of like getting like the queen role Uh, see I almost mind it less from her because I'm like, 23 is so young, you know, like she doesn't know any better. (laughs) But the energy feels different from the two of them. Like the energy from Joe feels like, I know what I'm doing. I've been through this once before. I'm trying not to make the same mistakes again. And yet he's making the same mistake again. again. Whereas Serena's like, I did it. I came down to the beach. I got like that solid connection from day one. I am, you know, the punch bowl. 
around which the party will happen. That's what happens when you're just like a very hot and charming 23-year-old. I will never know that energy. Me but neither. Serena yeah. has that gift. So we move on from this solid plan. And uh, it's time for us to return to Mari and Kenny. Yeah, she's finally ready to respond to everything he said about his concerns the other day or this morning <laughs> or whenever. Whenever, <laughs> whenever, hours ago. By having a woman... A uh, priestess or bruja, as she introduces herself, come uh, to the beach to take them aside and give them an energy cleansing. <laughs> I assume Mari planned this, but it's not made entirely clear. That's. I feel like that was implied. sort of implied that that she talked to a producer and was like, "Okay, I need to do yeah. something to show Kenny that we're going to be good and we're going to work through this." Yeah. And this was this was the answer. So, you know, they. It's time for them to sit around a fire and discuss their relationship. Yeah. And clean the energy of of past, less good relationships mm-hmm. from the air so they can forge ahead. To see the passion, to honor the passion, to see the shadow and light in each other, to cleanse them of their past relationships. There is a sensor with incense that they swirl around each other. There's an obsidian mirror that they gaze into. I like the recall to passion. They were like, Kenny, you said the passion had fizzled. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are here to reignite it. With incense. And like, it seems to And quite work. literally fire. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to work. I love the moment when she says that you should look into the obsidian mirror to see the shadows and the light of each other. And Kenny's like, meaning... Like the good and the good bad. And bad. And Mari's like, yes. <laughs> like Kenny. Kenny's like, you don't really I've have to do that much critical reading of this here thing to pick up on that. called a metaphor. It's not even really Symbolism. a metaphor. It's not even a metaphor. It's, it's not even a metaphor. So straightforward. It's just like oh, the way that we discuss. He's like, like I need it to be. I, yeah. I, he's like, I only know the adjectives bad and good. And if you're gonna try to get and passion, and passion. passionate. He knows passionate. Yes. They stroke each other with a candle. And we're back in business, baby. Mm. I will say that my favorite part about this entire scene actually had absolutely nothing to do with Kenny and Mari. And it was Thomas. Was it Thomas? Commentary <laughs> throughout. Because one, he was clearly also doing some translating. Because when they first walked off, it felt like he was translating and explaining to everyone still standing around the bar what the bruja had said so i was like okay there's a language moment happening there and then he seemed so like genuinely jealous of the experience that they were having like the way that he talked about her as being indigenous and like honoring that tradition and the profound nature of the experience that they were sharing with one another like his enthusiasm about this was so genuine. Guys, I think Thomas is just like a really earnest dude. I'm starting to think that too. <laughs> I used to think that he was full of shit. And now I'm like... I think that he... Okay. I think that he's earnest, but also full of shit. But like, I I loved his excitement for this. And the way he was like, this has been around thousands of years. They're going to walk with something really profound. Like, I really like wish I were in there. That's the thing about Thomas is that I'm like... It could really go either way at all times. It could really go either way. Yeah. It's because, yeah, I don't know. He just gives off like a confusing energy. Well, we were set up to feel that way about him. That's and true. kind of to the point, 
that we were talking about earlier, like it's actually really unfortunate that we're not getting more of Thomas and Becca, because if you, if you pay attention in the background, they have all these very seemingly sweet and intimate moments together. Like she's leaning over him in the pool to give him a kiss or like he's always standing with his arms wrapped around her. We've hardly seen any conversations. Like the only really substantive conversation we've seen Thomas have was that one with Tammy when they broke up. That was about it. Mostly he's just kind of been like fading into the background, although it looks like He's going to cry next week. So I'm sure we'll get oh boy. some some footage of that. They're definitely setting us up for it. But I'm shocked yeah. that with Becca being the first former lead to go down to paradise, that we're not getting more of that development. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Noah and Abigail. Because I mm. think that this is the first... This is the first scene we see where we're like, Okay, something there something is going on in this relationship. Noah is like really trying to talk himself into this basically. He's like we're really close to something, we really like each other, and he says, "I'm I'm ready to tell Abigail I'm falling in love." Yes. So they they lie down on a daybed and he says, "We have to be very vulnerable and it's hard because I'm more than like you." I'm falling in love and I can see it working in the real world. Not to scare you, but my feelings are very strong. And Abby doesn't really react. She says nothing. And this was so hard because in that moment, I was like, Abigail, you you need to respond. Like, he's giving, he's been giving you a lot and you are so reticent to reciprocate. And that's going to be very, very hard and, like, ultimately hurtful for anyone in that position. On the other hand, knowing what is coming later, re-watching this for me, because I watched it twice, it was odd to see him be like, I can see this working in the real world. And then one day later, have him explicitly say that, like, this would not work in the real world. Was this a test? Like, sort of the final test? Like, I'm going to put everything out there and see how she responds like i i don't know i have i had a lot of questions given the way that we see this play out i think it's like a much and i'm touching on a very controversial issue when i say this it's like a much 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 more toned down version of like the katie greg dynamic it's like i think that noah as we said earlier has sort of been trying to be the one to kind of like carry all five of the love languages, frankly, maybe except for quality time over the course of their time together on the beach. And he said the big thing that you're supposed to say in order to like elevate the relationship to the next level. And she did not give him the response that he wanted or needed in that moment. And I think in a way that was sort of the last straw for him. And I think that that sort of turned everything and led to what we see later i mean maybe that's an overly generous Mm -hmm. feeding of it but interesting because like i hate to evoke the specter of greg on this podcast at the same time we're going to talk about what he actually tells her later it doesn't seem compatible with that being the reason that he exactly i think we, we i think we really need to move on to paradise prom it's 80s prom most of these people were not alive for even a month in the 80s. And yet, 
they persevere. They put on the big taffeta gowns and they are ready to party. We've reached the point where people who are like, I was alive in the 80s for a couple years. They're the old ones. And I think of everyone as having been born in the 80s. So this is very disturbing to me. But <laughs> um, most, of the, most of the women definitely were not alive. Half the of these 80s. women were born in the late, late 90s. 90s. Yeah. Um, so they all get dressed up in their shiny taffeta. There are promposals. All the guys have to prompose. This wasn't even a thing in 2006. I was like, I was like, Joe, Joe, you are 35. Like, this wasn't a thing when you were in high school. Like, mu- must we do that? Must you? He's a oh, 35 God. year old man carving prom into the beach for his 23 year old girlfriend. It, it made me feel I was like, this is not it. We like don't. Oh, God. But whatever. We we get there. There are promposals. Except for Chelsea. It seems like everyone gets one. Natasha's Yeah, Ill. Chelsea. Chelsea just gets, like, basically stonewalled by Aaron, who is apparently broing out with James all I day instead that of talking comment. to her. She's <laughs> yeah. like, cool. I'm so I glad feel, she said that. She's like, I well, Aaron like would rather spend time with James, but I'm going to get dolled up and have fun. And, like, her, to your point, Emma, like, her one-liners and her awareness and ability to call these things out so good so anna gets to go to the prom with james and this leaves tia as kind of the single gal out of the The lone single gal single gal because she's like natasha got sick i don't even have a girlfriend to go with i I really felt for tia yeah in this moment have been there and i have to um just reveal that what i did when i went to prom stag was i I ended up spending a lot of the night with my friend's date and dancing with him. I know what you're saying. Claire, how could you? So she had two dates. She brought two dudes to the prom. And you didn't have any? And she, then she was mad at wow. me that I was hanging out with her That's second date. And I was injustice. like, listen, you brought a surplus of dates. So like, I'm going to do what okay, I got to Okay, look, do. crazy things happen at the prom. I admit, I went with one of my best dude friends to my prom and then I ended the night making out with someone else. Wow. Look, it, look, it's prom, okay? Things get re- wild. For the record, I was the incredibly generous one at my prom where one of my best friends did not have a date. So I was going with a guy friend anyways. So we were like, let's just go as a thruple. Like, Love come that. with us. It'll be the three of us. I didn't want her to be alone. And so, like, the fact that... Like, I was sort of hoping that maybe, like, Becca would step up here. And you do see that one yeah. scene. I was going to say, we them saw dancing together. Them, like, engulfing, like, Thomas yes. and Becca, like, engulfing Tia and, like, dancing up on her, like, really close. And I was like, okay. So there is, she's not just being, like, left Fully float completely, yeah. completely alone. But Aaron, apparently, has been harboring some sort of feelings for Tia. And instead of, you know, speaking to Chelsea at all, he's like... Now is my chance. I see a sad white woman. I can rescue her, just like Ed. Ed is an inspiration to me. Um, And he grabs Tia, who looks, like, pretty confused. Yeah, Aaron has never expressed interest in Tia to her, to Chelsea, to us, to anyone. Like, no one knows about this. Again, it's just, like, these women being led around. Tia's like, oh, yeah, I guess you can talk to me. To the point that I was almost like, is he grabbing Tia so that he can tell her that she has toilet paper on her shoe? Like, what, is there some sort of errand he needs to run here with Tia? And no, it is to sit her down, give her Chelsea's corsage, and lay a kiss on her. 
And Tia's just kind of like, okay, I guess I feel affirmed. Making out is fun. And poor Chelsea is understandably very upset and angry at Aaron. She's like, I have been really respectful to him. He should have, he really owed me a conversation here. Like, it's rude. It's disrespectful. And like, I don't even deserve a conversation. Like, fuck him basically and she's right she is in the and let's just remember how the episode started yeah yeah aaron not a man of honor no not a consistency he's lacking in integrity considerably i would say to a considerable degree i mean just like the fact that now this one episode has involved both of the like darker skinned black women being left because a white woman was crying. Tia wasn't even crying. She was literally dancing like happily she with was Chelsea. Literally just alone. She was just alone. That that was enough. She needs a man. Chelsea's fine. She can handle herself, but Tia needs a man. Yeah, it's just like the complete lack of respect for Chelsea and Natasha. And then also, frankly, it like it doesn't treat McKenna and Tia with a whole lot of particular respect where it's like okay james was just pursuing tia so what aaron you like had these feelings but like you needed to put your bro for like it's just again like these women are being treated as sort of like little trophies to be passed around and rescued and like boosting these yeah traded and boosting these dudes profiles and like very little time is spent asking these women what they actually desire um and it just like sucked to watch all around it is for men to desire it is for women to be desired you know and if we should all be so lucky to be like tia and they have some superlatives biggest flirt is kenny marissa's best kisser of, of toes and most likely to live happily ever after abigail and noah i found this rigged rigged right i think i mean yes. i think that like, you hear a lot of people saying this though like people will be like that oh they're true. so strong i really think they could make it, it work i sort of felt like it, that like the actual votes might have been like switched though that like abby and noah would have been more likely to be voted king and queen and joe and serena would be most likely to be voted like most likely to leave together what other people see as secure is just that like noah has not betrayed abigail and like tried to leave her for someone else yeah and yeah abigail has not tried to leave noah for someone else like that is that is what security is in paradise paradise yes no that's such a good point it's purely defined (laughs) on the fact that from one week to the next they've only given their rose to one another and never considered never wavered in in that sense but that doesn't necessarily speak to what's after and this is where we see noah Sort of being shaken. I can't, I have to say quickly, I just love that Abigail was like, that was the validation I needed. And I'm like, what does it actually matter what everyone else thinks of your relationship? Like, what validation Again, does that give you? It's meaningless in the context it's meaningless. of your commitment to each other. It was interesting that Abby seems to value that so yeah. much. And it's like, again, I was like, oh, you are 26 but she's like you not don't that necessarily I'm sorry. Like compare I don't I don't think that she I think we've seen other women her age. Who, feel more sure in it, self, yeah, self-assured. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's something, and I think this is probably why she was not Bachelorette. I think though, fan, she was a huge fan favorite. A lot of people wanted it, but we don't see that she has the kind of confidence in dating and making her own decisions about what she wants. That yeah, I think that's a really good point. So this is where 
we see something, a really like sad train wreck about to occur because Abby is talking in her ITMs like she's ready to tell, to to finally respond to Noah's declaration of falling in love. She's going to respond. No, I just want to say, I want to quickly call attention to another ITM that we see from her over the course of the prompt where she says, she was like, apparently last night, Noah told me that he was falling in love with me and I totally missed that. Yes. So, so that to me feels like a very important piece of the puzzle yeah. because at least the way that she painted it in that ITM, it's not that she heard him and wasn't ready to say it back in that moment. What's confusing is, yeah, she says, apparently he said he was falling in love with me and I didn't register until later. But then she says, he said it so fast, I thought it was a mistake. And those are actually two different things. Well, that's true. Did you not hear it or did you not believe it? But, and this is also a question that I have. I don't know, like, is she someone... And I genuinely ask this as, as a question. Does she use lip reading? A little yes, bit. She does. She does. So like they were kind of like lying side by side on the day bed. I, I genuinely wonder if she's she sort of missed it. But that's what was confusing about her ITM because that's how I read it at first. And then she said, I, he said it so quickly. I thought it was a mistake. And, but yes, it, it, it could be that like, he didn't express himself that clearly. Yeah. And so now she's like, tonight I'm going to tell him. But before that can happen, he pulls her aside for a chat. And we all know that when, when your boyfriend says, can we talk? It's not going to be good. He says he's starting to form genuine, strong feelings for her. Uh, but he feels like he's been trying to force something that he wants when deep down he knows that she might not be his person. And that was sort of, like, obviously there's more build up there, but I think that was sort of the crux of what he was saying. And that was, fuck, that just, like, gutted me right in the heart. I felt like I had been the Abigail in that situation. Yeah. Quite a bit, this feeling of someone has been sort of verbally effusive and you've maybe been a little bit reticent and the minute you feel like you allow yourself to get comfortable enough to meet them they're like actually you're you're just simply not it for me and that sucks like damn and i think we have a clip of one part of their conversation i mean i can only do what i feel is right like in that time i haven't just been making up feelings and doing all these things like i've lost sleep over this like it's obviously affected me i mean i mean i really don't know what you want me to say like i'm just like confused i'm annoyed because i just feel like You've been pushing and pushing me to try to get to your level, but it's like, obviously, you've had this gut feeling for longer than 24 hours. You said you've lost sleep over it, but you still chose to say that to me. And so, I mean, of course, I'm going to be hurt and feel like I was lied to. Yeah. I mean, she basically is like, I'm, I've am i never been so blindsided. Like, you were very clear about how strongly you felt for me. And you said you didn't want to say things you don't mean. And that's exactly what you've done. And he, she's like, 
you said you were falling in love with me one day ago. Yeah. While apparently you are losing sleep over how I you had a gut feeling that I'm not the right person for you. And and that is what I fault Noah for. Like, look, no one has sometimes you do just like have a realization that something isn't right. Sometimes things like relationships turn a corner or they just simply don't work, even though both people want them to and they seem like they should. But it is incumbent on you as a person in the relationship to not get ahead of yourself and say things that would give a false impression of how you actually feel. And I think that Noah sort of got caught up in doing the steps of paradise and then panicked. But it looks like it brings us to the end and we're going to see more of this uh, distressing emotional arc next week. Yeah, we end with prom still going. Noah's trying to talk to to Abigail still and she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And you and like, goes of course, to sob. you get the audio of her crying in the bathroom and the shot of him sitting out in the hallway. I mean, to me, this breakup just feels like one of like those perfect storms of neither one actually wants to harm or wrong or hurt the other one, but there's just a lack of alignment that's just going to create hurt feelings. And I, I honestly don't fully put the blame on either of them. And it's just, it's so hard to watch breakups like this happen. I think because I can see where they sort of, both had missteps or both went wrong and it's it's hard to watch those they're not compatible but it's really sad they clearly care for each other a lot yeah absolutely uh and i think that's the very sad note we have to end (laughs) on Liv, thank you so much for talking this through with us uh it's been a pleasure having me i so appreciate it And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. And we have a very short list of Love to See It this week. Uh, I was struggling. Um, I was trying. I tried. Let's start uh, with seeing VIP use Bravo's roll the tape move. We love it every time we see it. We need the evidence. You know, We know you have it all on tape. More of this. Show it to us. Put it in our eyeballs. Incredible. We also love to see prom. It's fun. I like that they're doing parties in paradise this time. I support yeah, it. They're playing with some tropes, some new tropes, uh, some new cinematic language, and it makes good costumes. Mm. Yeah, we we support it. And now our longer list of things we hated to see. First, Abigail getting blindsided. Like we said, that was just like really heart wrenching to watch. A dagger to the heart of my teen and 20-something self. We hate to see it. Chelsea being treated like sort of an object or a prize, a piece of territory, just a proxy for Ivan and Aaron's own goals and their aggro beef with each other. Um, Just on every level felt really dismissive of her as a person, really misogynistic. And I hated it. I hated it. We also hated to see Aaron and Ivan calling each other little bitches repeatedly and Ivan saying that, like, Aaron is complaining like a little girl. Uh, Stop with the gendered insults, dudes. It is 2021. Be more creative. Yeah. 
Felt like I was back on JoJo's season or something. Like, my God. Exactly. I hate to see Natasha getting passed over because of a white woman's tears. Like, we all felt for McKenna, but the fact that it was so easy for everyone to applaud Natasha getting hurt and rejected again just so that McKenna could have a fun date in paradise instead of taking the next flight home um, was really depressing. Uh, Does Natasha not deserve anyone's respect or attention in the eyes of the people on this beach, especially Ed? Like, Jesus. We also hated to see all of the laughable language around the sanctity of the paradise system. Okay, y'all, the jig is up. There is, the system is bullshit, okay? Down with the system. Stitcher. The system is a, is a convenient fiction, and it's definitely not sacred. Exactly. Uh, and finally, <laughs> uh, that the only women who seem to be considered, like, desirable in this economy are... 25 and under like how does this happen we've had the same joking conversation now between mckenna and ed and like seven other couples of the guy being like i'm over 35 and the woman being like oh you're old i'm 23 like how many times do we have to be subjected to this i guess the only way to have any luck uh as a woman over that age is that you have to have been the bachelorette yeah that's true. It's, that's the only way to circumvent this curse. Yeah, that's so about it. So only, only Becca will have any luck. And now it's time for the Krabby rating. Like, look, yet another episode where there was just simply not enough crab representation. The night heron seems to have taken over as the animal of choice, and I was disappointed. Yeah, the crabs have all been murdered, I guess, by the night heron at this point, as we saw in so many significant scenes earlier in the season. I think we're going to give this a two and a half. You know, there's still crabs scurrying around in B-roll here and there, but they never become like a major player in this episode, and they never act as like a significant symbol in the way that we've seen in the past. It's just a little, a tiny smidge, a sprinkle, a dash of salt, as Chris would say. Dash of crab. (laughs) Dash of crab. Dash of old day. Okay, I'm going to stop. And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our lovely guest, Livia Kramer. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Kate Moldenhauer. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, tell all of your friends who used to listen to us as here to make friends. Help us get the word out about our current name. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claranemapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Substack at our newsletter, Rich Text, claranemma.substack.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at claranemmapod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Clary Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week for the finale of Paradise. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.